You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome to episode number 126 of Leading and Learning. I want to let you know today's show is brought to you by my book, Miracles and Mark, a study of all the supernatural and all the miracles that Jesus performed in that incredible gospel. Mark is fast-paced. It's a, it's a quick-moving gospel. Most scholars believe it's the gospel of Peter. His personality burst off the page. But in Miracles and Mark, we, go di- we, we dig deep into each miracle, each supernatural occurrence to give you some insight to draw some practical applications to help you uh, live the life that God's called you to live. Well, today on Leading and Learning, we're talking about the important question, does the New Testament teach tithing? You know, it's surprising that in 2017, there's still so much controversy in the church about tithing. And, and this actually stems out of a blog post I wrote a while back about tithing that really, uh, I won't say it was controversial, but it generated a lot of discussion on uh, uh, Facebook, on LinkedIn, and just a lot of people you know, weighed in and wanted to talk about it. And it just seemed like many, many people were more influenced by their church tradition than by what the Bible actually said. And I'm a Bible scholar. I, you know, church tradition is important. Um, you know, what each uh, church denomination believes is important, but I think ultimately it comes down to what does the Bible say, and and that's what I what I try and you know tried to do in that article. And I want to kind of just pull out one element of the blog that I wrote, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to the blog so that you can read the the whole thing. But I want to talk about the question of. What does the New Testament have to say about tithing? Because surprisingly, many well-meaning pastors uh, and, and Christians will tell you the New Testament does not teach tithing. And in reality, that's not correct. The New Testament does talk about tithing in a couple of places. First of all, Jesus himself talked about tithing. Now, that surprises a lot of people. Most people don't think um, that, that there's any, any, any verses in the New Testament at all about tithing. Um, people will tell you things like, well, we're under grace now, so, so we don't have to practice tithing. And, and let me just lay the groundwork before I tell you what Jesus had to say about tithing and some of the other things the New Testament had to say about tithing. Um, first of all, tithing preceded the law. Because that's the typical thing that you'll hear is that, you know, tithing is, 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 was a practice that was given to us under the law. Well, that's not correct. And like I say, you can read the blog post for yourself, but I go into more detail. Uh, tithing actually preceded the law by hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. 
And, you know, the idea that the, the this is a practice that's under the law is just not correct. It was some, It's something that kind of um, goes through the whole Bible. But here's what Jesus himself had to say about tithing. In his chapter, in, in chapter 23 of Matthew, he was um, really uh, chastising the religious people. And here's what he said. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. In other words, justice, mercy, and faithfulness, Jesus was saying, you should have done these things without neglecting your tithe. Um, basically, what he's saying is they're neglecting the spirit of the law. They were they were very conscientious about tithing, even the 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 smallest thing that they accumulated their their spices, their 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 money, whatever it might be. They were very, very conscientious, but then they neglected the other very, very important things that we know the Bible teaches. And so he was telling them, don't neglect those things. You should have done those things without neglecting the other words, others. In other words, you know, yes, keep on tithing, but also don't neglect the weightier matters of the law. There's a similar passage in Luke chapter 11, verse 42. In that passage, Jesus tells the Pharisees not to neglect justice and the love of God, but also not to neglect their tithe. So in two of the four Gospels, Jesus mentions tithing. Now, he doesn't provide an in-depth teaching because it appears that he expects people to understand how important it is. And, and when Jesus shared these words, he was sharing them with a Jewish audience. Now, of course, Luke was written to a Greek audience, and Matthew was written to a Jewish audience. But, but the words that Jesus shared, he was sharing with a Jewish audience who would have well understood the, the principle of tithing. The Apostle Paul alluded to tithing. He never mentioned the word, but here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, um, verses 1 through 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so also are you to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so there will be no collection when I come. In other words, Paul's saying, set aside something every week, for this this collection, another version says, um, set aside something in 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 comparison or a portion or a percentage of what you what you make. So obviously, a tithe means to give a tenth, and most Christians, uh, many Christians throughout the world, believe that means that you know we give a tenth of our income to to the church, to uh, to to the ministry where, where where you belong to, the one that you receive your. Uh, your spiritual nourishment, where, where you know where you would put your roots down and say, "This is my spiritual family." But again, like we said, there's a lot of controversy over this. But Jesus made it clear; at least he mentions it twice. Paul alludes to it, but then there's this this passage of scripture in in Hebrews, and here in chapter uh, seven of Hebrews, and actually about half the chapter. Paul, or excuse me, the writer to the Hebrews talks about tithing. 
And here, what he does, he refers back to one of the Old Testament passages, the passage where uh, Abram was met by Melchizedek coming back from a battle. And Melchizedek is such an enigmatic figure that we we just don't have time to talk about him here. But just to give you an idea, uh, Melchizedek is seen at the very least as a type of Christ. Many scholars actually believe that uh, Melchizedek was probably a uh, pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. And so Melchizedek meets Abram on the road coming back from his, uh, his battle. And he, he, he pauses, uh, Abram pauses to, to meet with Melchizedek. And it says that Melchizedek brought out bread and wine and gave them to Abram. And it says that Abram, in return, gave him a tenth of everything that he had. So here in Hebrews 7, this story is held up as the example for us to follow. Uh, the passage in Hebrews says that that Abram um, gave this tithe to Melchizedek, and in essence was giving this tithe to God. So check out that passage, Hebrews 7. If you've got any questions at all about whether the New Testament teaches tithing or not, read Hebrews 7 because it goes into the kind of detail, it goes into the depth that most of us are looking for when we um, are wanting some, some explanation about something. And so... Um, Over and over again, multiple times in this passage, tithing is talked to, and Abram is held up as the example as giving his tithe to Melchizedek. Now, what's interesting about this is he does not do it under compulsion. And, you know, I think that's the thing where so many Christians struggle is very often they feel um, that they're having their arms twisted at church. Maybe there's pressure. Maybe there's a a sense of heavy-handedness as to uh, how they should give and their finances. And, you know, if you're in a church like that, my question is why? Why would you stay in a place where you feel manipulated, controlled, and you feel like you're having your arm twisted when it comes time for the offering? Um, That's just not the way it should be. Paul says in another place that we should not give under compulsion. That's in 2 Corinthians 9. We should not give under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. And so in this passage with Abram and Melchizedek, what you see is Abram giving his tithe, not because Melchizedek's told him to, not because he's being compelled, but because he's grateful for for, for the fact that Melchizedek has refreshed him with the bread and the wine. And of course, the bread and wine, the imagery there is 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 very powerful in itself because in the New Testament, the bread and wine re- lead us to, to communion. That's what we uh, partake of when we take, partake of communion. And so as Christians, we, we could look at this and say, well, man, God has blessed me so richly. God has saved me. He's healed me. He's forgiven me. How can I not show my appreciation? How can I not show my gratitude in a tangible way? And I think if we look at tithing like that, not that we have to, but we get to. Not, if I don't do it, God's going to be mad at me. No, no, doing it out of a grateful heart because we love Him and we want to support the work of the kingdom. Not I have to, but I get to. I get to participate in building the kingdom of God here on earth. 
I want you to just, as we close, I want you to just think about this. What would happen if just 30% of the church worldwide would begin to tithe? What would happen if 50% of the church worldwide would begin to tithe? What would happen if 100% of God's people in churches all over the world would begin to tithe? Well, friends, we would be able to impact and influence our communities in ways that we can't even imagine. Think of all the good that we could do. To be able to buy houses for poor people. To be able to provide houses and and, and cars for single moms. To be able to uh, set up hospitals. There's a church that I know of in South America. And because of the, the financial generosity of the members, they actually have built a small hospital in which doctors and nurses in their hospital, in, in their church, go and volunteer their time. And poor people from the community are able to come and pay just a few dollars, just a, a token, but they're able to come in and get world class treatment. I've been there. It's an amazing place. If you were to tell me going into this facility that a church bought this, I I would never believe it. But it's because of the people's generosity, they're having an incredible impact in their community. So we talk about tithing. The New Testament does teach tithing. Jesus talked about it. Paul alluded to it. And in the letter to the Hebrews, we have some in-depth teaching on tithing. And I encourage you to check that out. I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this? Not what does your church teach? Not what has been your experience? What do you think the Bible says? I mean, I'm, I've given you the scriptures, Matthew 23, Luke 11, um, 1 Corinthians 16, um, Paul talks about giving more in, in, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and then in Hebrews 7. Dig into those scriptures. If you don't agree with me, that's cool. I'd love to hear from you anyway. davidspell.com. Leave me a comment or a question in the comments section for today's post. Let's talk about it. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I send out three blog posts a week, and by subscribing, you'll make sure that you don't miss a single issue. Well, friends... Thanks for being with me. I look forward to hearing from you on this important subject. And we'll talk to you next time here at davidspell.com and leading and learning.